When you're talking about the tech giants, Apple, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and Amazon, you talk in terms of billions of dollars. They occupy the top five spots in the ranks of the largest U.S. companies by market capitalization, and they're growing. They also dominate so many parts of our lives, and they've escaped regulation in the U.S. for quite some time. But things may be changing for the tech giants. Have you noticed they've been facing a lot of criticism lately, and some lawmakers are now pushing for regulations for the tech companies? in several areas. For example, Democratic Senators Amy Klobuchar and Mark Warner and Republican John McCain are sponsoring legislation to regulate online political advertising. Warner explained why on Bloomberg TV this week. And what we're saying is digital advertising rules have not kept up with the rules that already govern, for example, TV and radio. So we want to simply make sure there's the same kind of disclosure rules. Somebody goes out there and runs a campaign ad for or against me, I ought to be able to go look at that ad at some point. There ought to be some kind of tagline. Twitter, Google, and Facebook are scheduled to testify at three congressional hearings next week on Russian meddling in the 2016 election. My guests are Jennifer Rhee, senior litigation analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence, and Mark Patterson, professor at Fordham University School of Law. Mark, are the tech giants showing flaws as they gain more and more power? How do you account for this new criticism of them? I don't think they're showing flaws that they didn't have before. I think that uh, it's just that, as they, as you've said, they've become a bigger and bigger part of our lives, so the flaws become more apparent and, and more pervasive. I think um, a lot of people have been uh, concerned about these sorts of issues for a long time. Um, it's just that now they've become um, significant enough that it's hard for anyone not to notice them. And when Facebook and Google came out forcefully against a bill that would hold companies accountable for hosting sex trafficking on their websites, what did the reaction to that show? The reaction, the reaction to, to Google, and, yeah, the reaction to their objecting to that. Well, that one's Facebook. hard. That's that's a particularly difficult one to to, to discuss, just because, you know, it. it their position against the uh, the proposed law suggests that they're, you know, can, could be interpreted to suggest they're not as hostile to sex trafficking. But of course they are. Um, they're concerned about unintended consequences of that law and how it's going to affect their business model in other respects. And so it's just very difficult for them to express the concerns that we all might think have some legitimacy without making it look like they're taking a position that none of us would accept. Jen, uh, Yelp has filed a new federal antitrust complaint against Google. Tell us about that. Well, it looks like what Yelp has done is gone to the FTC um, to seek to ask the FTC to look into whether or not Google might be violating some commitments that the company made several years ago to the commission um, in response to a long investigation the commission had done. And and the commission closed this investigation in about 2013. And, and they found they looked at many practices of Google, and they found that some of those practices, on balance, were more pro-competitive than anti-competitive, even if they they did bring some harm. But they did find that, that there were 
certain things Google was doing that caused them concern. And one of those dealt concerned Yelp. It, it affected Yelp. It had to do with scraping the content of others, like Yelp's content, and actually using it in their own verticals, using images or something like that from Yelp that that would go into the own the searches, their own verticals when people would do a search. And what they did was they promised that companies like Yelp could opt out. And what Yelp is saying is, well, it's not happening because we are now finding that our images are showing up in some of Google's verticals and, and they're violating this and you need to look into this. And Democratic Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut is calling for reopening the FTC probe into Google's possible anti-competitive abuses. Mark, EU antitrust regulators fined Google a record $2.7 billion in June as it investigated the companies and continues to the company's dominance in searches and smartphones. Why isn't the same thing happening in the U.S.? Well, the I mean, it, part of it is, I think, that the EU's investigation came after the U.S. one, although it was it, it overlapped because it was so long. And so Google's power is more apparent than it was before. Google's power is also more apparent in uh, its market share is greater in Europe than in the U.S. And, and Europe is just more willing to regulate dominant firms than, uh, than we are in the U.S. And so... Uh, I think those are the primary reasons. It's just they have their own laws that differ somewhat from ours, and that puts uh, puts Google in a tougher position. Do you agree, Jen? Because Blumenthal is another senator who's saying, you know, if they can do it in the EU, why aren't we doing it here? Well, no, that's exactly right. I mean, the, the EU's competition laws are different from the United States competition laws, and they've developed over time in a different manner. They have a different focus. There are many similarities. But, um, you know, as Mark was just saying, when they're looking at abuse of dominance, they are definitely in Europe much more willing to go after conduct that might be hampering smaller rivals in Europe than we may be in the U.S. And in the U.S., we are focused on when you're looking at unilateral conduct of a company that, that might be monopolistic, you know, we are asking, have they engaged in some specific, you know, exclusionary conduct that had no legitimate business purpose other than to harm competitors? And has that caused harm in a market? And has that harm outweighed whatever, the, whatever benefit might come from that conduct? And I think it's just a different analysis. I've been talking with Jennifer Ree, a senior litigation analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence, and Professor Mark Patterson of Fordham University School of Law about the tech giants and the regulatory challenges they may be facing. Now, three of the tech giants, Facebook, Twitter, and Google, are going to be testifying next week at three different uh, committees. And uh, one of the committees is Lindsey Graham's. And he said when it comes to Facebook advertising and social media advertising, it's the wild, wild west. Mark, they have spent a lot of money, and they've, they've put a lot of money aside to lobby politicians. What, do you, what are the chances that this bill that mandates new transparency for online political advertising will actually be able to be passed? Well, I can't sort of handicap the uh, congressional prospects, but I, but I think that, you know, over the last decade, the, uh, these tech companies have been given uh, more protections and more freedom than the uh, analogous companies in the traditional media industry. And at some point, that's likely to end. I mean, that policy was adopted to try to promote 
internet commerce, um, and I think we all recognize that internet commerce is uh, is a viable proposition at this point, and so it may be time to uh, to to make the regulations of online and offline uh, media more comparable. Jen, there was a Yale Law Journal article by Lena Khan, who argued that the modern view of antitrust laws, which were conceived under the Reagan administration, overemphasizing low prices as a test for whether a company is gaining too much market power, are old to old-fashioned, and it was an argument for a complete reconception of antitrust mm-hmm. laws to deal with something like the rise of Amazon. Is there a debate in the community about what the antitrust laws are doing? You know, I think that there is. And, and June, I think what this comes out of, there's a general feeling, I believe, out there that they, these big tech companies are just getting too big and too powerful. And, and I think sometimes that scares people. Um, and the People ask what should be done about it, and I know that there are those out there that believe, well, antitrust should be doing something about it, and it, and either they believe it isn't, or they believe that it, or they believe that it can't, and that things need to be changed. You know, um, antitrust is meant to to ensure healthy marketplaces and ensure that these companies aren't behaving in an anti-competitive manner. But as our current acting chairperson of the FTC has stated, it's not necessarily a panacea for, you know, all of the sort of socioeconomic issues that we may have. Um, Whether or not it it needs to be changed, I'd actually love to hear the professor's perspective on this. Uh, I believe personally that it is a tool that can do its job, but it may not it may not be tailored to do what a lot of people out there believe it should be doing. Maybe that isn't the purpose of antitrust. Mark, what do you think? Well, um, I, I'm on record with a recent book <laughs> arguing that antitrust law could deal with these things. Um, I think the trick is, though, it's uh, information just doesn't work like other goods work. Um, and particularly information that is provided largely for free doesn't work the way that uh, the sale of other goods for uh, for money works. And so antitrust law needs to adapt to both free markets, and uh, which, you know, is almost a contradiction in terms, and adapt, I think, more importantly, to uh, to what's important in information. And that is quality of the information more than it is price. And that was part of uh, Lena Khan's position in that piece, too. So, uh, so I agree with Jen. I think that antitrust can do this, but it requires a lot of work, or at least it appears that antitrust can do this. Ultimately, it might be that we need to uh, adapt antitrust or or adopt other laws uh, if antitrust, uh, it turns out, can't address this satisfactorily. Jen, the scale of these companies and the money they have, does that also mean that in the current state of affairs that they can just fight these anti-competitive challenges, pay regulatory fines, and Keep on going. Well, you know, it does mean that, and I think that, that that bothers some people because these hefty fines, even when you look at the large fine that was imposed on Google by the European Commission recently, you know, they can pay the fine and really move on and it without even a dent and a, or a scar. And and I think this is part of the concern, and in many believe that until the antitrust laws do something structural, whether, whether until there's something that's done structurally, that it they'll go on doing whatever they want and and move on unfettered. Uh, you know, I'm not. I again, I'm not really so sure that's the case. I I think if you see two years ago, there were behavioral restrictions that were placed on Google, and and those restrictions did go into effect. And Yelp might believe now that things aren't exactly right, but they did change the marketplace for certain players in other areas. 
Well, we'll see what happens with the EU, which seems to be very, very uh, aggressive in this area in the shopping comparison. I want to thank both of you for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Jennifer Reese, Senior Litigation Analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence. You can find more of her analysis by going to BIGO on the Bloomberg Terminal. And Professor Mark Patterson of Fordham University School of Law. His new book is called Antitrust Law in the New Economy, Google, Yelp, LIBOR, and the Control of Information. Thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, TSA agents can now search your cell phone or electronic devices legally at airports, but the ACLU is asking a federal appeals court to require a warrant before such a search. 